What's up, creeps? Welcome back. Welcome to a new episode of Set in Horror. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of other podcasts, so thank you so much for choosing Set in Horror. I like to believe that this is the only podcast you're listening to these days. So this episode um, was so much fun. I had never met or talked to Dana before, and we instantly uh, connected as if we were friends, old friends catching up. Uh, the truth is we have a lot of mutual friends, which is funny. And once you've done comedy, you've been connected to comedy um, in the Chicago area. You sort of, you know, shrink that circle. So it was so much fun chatting to Dana. We, we chat about a lot of things, weather, traffic, uh, Chicago, New Zealand, filming in New Zealand. Obviously, we chatted about uh, her character, Kelly Maxwell, on Ash versus the Evil Dead. And we also talk about her new show. Um, currently, you can watch Dana as the manipulative, foul-mouthed used car saleswoman Valerie in the critically acclaimed series Perpetual Grace, which is on Epics and Epics Now. Uh, that is such a tough word. Manipulative. Manipulative. Yeah, I'll just sound it out. Clap it out. Um, so, yeah, so much fun. Thank you for, for tuning in. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I've at the top said... Please head over to iTunes. If you like this, please head over to iTunes and rate and review. Leave a, a review, even if it's just a, what's up, Chris? Thanks for doing this. No, but don't rhyme. that You'll probably get bullied online. Let's just jump into this. Dana DiLorenzo. Whatever you do, don't fall. Death has come to your little town. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? They mostly come at night. Mostly. I'm your number one fan. I am Dracula. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? Sometimes. That is better. They're coming to get you, Barbara. They're here. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris, Dana. My paisan. We are. We are paisans. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I knew that you were in the Mole Man of Belmont Avenue because those are my other friends, Mike, <laughs> Mike Bradich and John LaFlamboy. John and John LaFlamboy. Yeah. Yes. yes. I just saw John LaFlamboy uh, like a, last time I did, um, uh, what was it, Flashback in Chicago like, yeah. uh, last year. It oh, was wow. last year. Yeah. The zombie um, army. And man, that boy, that boy saved my life in so many ways. Just this last trip was a long story, but um, I got to like be reunited with him. Boy, I can't believe no John LaFlam boy and Mike Brad, you know those guys. Yeah. And then you know Brad Morris. I mean, it sounds like sounds like you. I mean, you credited some other people. You credited Brad with being the king of <laughs> Chicago. I kind of think it's like you because you're like, look at you with all these connections of the people. <laughs> How have we never met, Chris? What the hell's up with that? I know. I know. It's disappointing because I I didn't even know you. Did you lived here in Chicago, right? You didn't even know that? I mean, come on. I didn't. like edited the reels that I was in. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I lived, um, I went to DePaul and then just didn't leave. And then finally, 
kind of forced to move to LA yeah. um, was an opportunity because I just didn't want to leave Chicago. Right. I just loved it. I mean, happy to. And it was really great the first couple of years of like, oh my God, it's 75 degrees in December. How exciting yeah. in LA. Yeah. I live there. Like I, I call it my home away from home. I was there 10 years. My job, first job out of college was uh, working at, I was marketing coordinator at House of Blues for a hot minute until yeah. like maybe like six months. Just saw my old boss, John Reeves, last night, actually. This is so crazy because he was in town in LA for uh, work. Like, anyways, and they, all of these Chicago connections. Um, and then I worked on the Man Cow Show. So I was under a different, like under an alias. Right. But yeah, I was all up in Chicago. Now, you know. Did, well, my uh, follow-up question is, did you get into the improv scene or stand-up scene when you were here? Did, did you want to do comedy? <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I mean, comedy, it was funny. I'd always get tasked or work with uh, on projects, like you were saying with all of your friends and how, how we run in the same circles. I'd always end up working with all of the, you know, the great comedy people and, and improv people. But improv has never, I just can't do it. First of all, it's probably because I never, I, I, I think I, as I was already saying, I'm the, one of those people in interviews, but also in life. It just doesn't know how to end a sentence. <laughs> and and I'm somebody that like process. I had this revelation um, that someone told me it was, uh, I process things after I say them. So like, I, it's almost like I have to say them, regurgitate it. And then like, oh, right. Well, if I were going to say that again, I would have said, that's why I'm much better with writing than I am with speaking. Cause I can, sure. you know, it takes me just as long to write it out, but then I can edit myself for five hours and then it looks real tight. But, um, you know, I just, I, I love improv and I, uh, I really tried. I did um, a class of the, a couple of classes of the annoyance. I did some, I worked with like, cause I couldn't afford classes I understand. when I was there. I worked with, um, his name was Bert Heyman. It was like a Craigslist ad. He's like, want to work with a legend of the stage of second city improv, yeah. come learn from <laughs> Bert Heyman. And so we would like get together in, in his like, uh, apartment building. That's amazing. Um, like Lakeshore Drive and like just do it. And and I was that person that like I go up and no one wanted to get up with me ever because uh. I was the worst. <laughs> I, it was not the yes and. It was that I would just right. always ask questions. I don't know. I just think that you when uh, that's why any of my friends who do that, mm -hmm. uh, I, I and any or anybody, um, I just have so much respect for you guys because. I personally think it's the hardest thing to do. I can improvise like in a setting, you know, like a, like a Larry David style thing. Yeah, like, you give yeah. me an outline. You know what I mean? Like if we, if we want to do something and I know beginning, middle and end or something, sure. Much easier for me to do it that way. So not great at it, but much yeah. easier. <laughs> Get up there. Like, holy shit, man. Yeah, People well, don't realize how hard it is. I mean, and maybe it's just me, but no, it's incredibly hard, but that's so funny. Like, Bert Heyman is legit. Bert Heyman was on stage at second city, like in 1966 or so. I mean, I, that I've never yeah, met the man, yeah. but he was, yeah. yeah, he was a big Chicago improviser. No, he was legit. And he, <laughs> he was great. I was just laughing at the fact that like, that's how I tried to like supersede pink classes. Oh, of course. And I was just so bad at it. Inside, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but, um, but yeah, so, so I never did because I also knew what my strengths were and I wasn't going to, like I said, I did really, you know, a year, I was uh, working at bars and restaurants and trying to support myself doing like community theater and stuff at um, like Chicago theater and things like that. And so you right. never really got paid. So I'm like, okay, of course I will just keep working with all these people and sort of learn from them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm um, sure, I'm so sure yeah, you've so gotten, but my favorite bar is,
Sorry, go ahead. No, what, wait. Tell me about your favorite bar. What's your favorite bar? I was just gonna say my favorite bar is uh, one across from Second City. Oh, Old Town um, Ale House, which is uh, Old Town Ale House. Yeah. I have that. Like anytime I go back there, I've had every uh, my birthday's New Year's Day. So every time when I was living there, we would have like New Year's Day party. Get the um, oh, what's Pasquale? Uh, which is uh, families. The big, big, like the fifty-inch, like massive pizzas. Oh God, I'm drawing a blank. It's my friend's family's company. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Marcello's like the, or the size uh... of a. No, it's like thin pizza. It's the size of like a buffet table. Oh. Anyway, it's like the biggest pizza in Chicago. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, why can I not remember? Um. But anyway, it was that, and I would like we would order it in, and I, I every every time I go back to Chicago, which is usually once a year, I try and get back. Um. That's just where I'm like, everyone knows that's where I'm going to have everyone meet. Yes. I was asking when you first moved to LA, you said the weather was, was perfect. Are, are you sort of over the whole, it's sunny every day thing and sort of miss the Midwest? Oh man, that is such a, a great setup to a very true story. Thank you for asking me genuinely. Here's the thing. Okay. So having, I grew up in Ohio, um, yes. so it's not like it was ever you know, we had maybe in Youngstown, Ohio, you look in the farmer's almanac, it's 165 days of sun, if that. That's like a good year. So yeah. it's not like I've, I mean, we grew up with seasons. And then Chicago, we all know what that was like. And But you love it. And then it's like Disneyland and the happiest place on earth from, you know, April, the minute it gets above like 45. It's from, from April to November in Chicago. It's the most happiest place on earth. Yes. Because everyone's yes. like, oh my God, so we're true. out of our Okay. So, so. Um, the only thing I was looking forward to moving in LA was, was the, the weather and the sun and mm-hmm. how great. Um, so, so before I moved out here, uh, my friend was, um, working for, uh, I forget what company, but they were doing focus groups and she was also then moving to San Francisco. So it was, we were both moving to California. Okay, great. And so, <laughs> so this, she's doing this focus group and this, and at the end of it, um, my friend asked her and said, Hey, um, my friend is uh, moving to LA and then uh, I, I just have to ask, like, is it just so incredible? Like, is everyone just so happy? Cause the weather is so nice and it's just sunny all the time. And the woman said to her with this exact voice, apparently said, honestly, it gets old. <laughs> and so when my friend relayed that to me, we were, I could swear. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, when my friend relayed that we were like, ah, oh, Fuck her. It gets old. Yeah, I'll let it get old. Right. I'll let it get old. Can I just tell you, I owe that woman, I don't even know whose name is, I owe her an apology. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, it gets old in a way of, and, it, and, and here's the thing, you, uh, it's not that I don't ever, you know, appreciate it, but I'm one of these people, like, especially when you grow up with seasons. Yeah. There are no seasons here, I know, ever. I know. And it does get a little colder. Right. But like colder as in like you have to wear a, a slightly puffy coat because it's 35 <laughs> yeah. or 40 degrees. But it gets old in the sense of like the groundhog day away. Oh, yeah. Where yes. you're, you know what I mean? Like some days I just want it to be fucking rainy mm-hmm. so I can read a book and like or just Netflix during the day and not feel <laughs> and, bad about and it. And not feel guilty. Every day. Yeah, exactly. And it's just every day. I mean, and forget it. When you're like sick because it's a season, it's technically, you know, December right. and it's, up, you know, 80 degrees and the sun shining in, you just want to die. You want to die. You hate the world. Yeah. Um, and especially if like you're having a bad day, like it's kind of nice. I don't know. I used to like, I'm not saying I love this slush in the snow and the icicles, you know, uh, dripping down my face uh, when I was waiting for the hell in <laughs> Chicago. However, I'm not saying it was pleasant. I'm just saying, it, you know, 
if you're, God forbid, having a day and everyone's in there like Lululemon and everyone's, I have no one fucking works in this town. I don't know how everyone's right. constantly at brunch and constantly at the gratitude cafe. And I mean, God bless them. I have a very great, I'm happy for you. But like everyone's, you know, just out and about going yeah. to yoga, doing her thing. And you're having a bad day. And the sun is like, Oh, are you having a bad day? And it's like the sun is flicking you off double fingers. <laughs> Kelly Maxwell style. Like, well, everyone else is having an awesome day. Yeah. And you're just like, I hate everything. So I'm listen, I, I appreciate it. And I have both sides. Like maybe the grass is always greener. I, you know, but whenever I do go home, my brother, who also lives out here too, my family thinks we're nuts because we go home and we're like, oh, it's yeah. Christmas snow. Yeah. And no. my, you know, my dad's like, well, well, I'll happily trade you. You won't. Want <laughs> so it's funny. You met, you end up, it was great. And by the way, I didn't, I didn't really, didn't really start to, to wear on me uh, until like maybe the third Christmas year where it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, those sleigh bells ringling. And then you look up and it's, you know, Santa Claus and all these decorations <laughs> and it's, you're sweating. You have mustache sweat. Yes. You yes. Know? That is Italian very accurate. Style. You know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. I, I, I do know so exactly what you, that's, that's a great answer. And I actually love hearing it. Cause I, I, right after college, I lived in LA for a year and I hated how sunny it was. And I know that sounds really weird, but I'm so glad. Well, what was it like, um, shooting in New Zealand then? What, what were the weather conditions like there? Oh my God. First of all, two different, two questions. What was it like shooting in New Zealand and what was the weather like? Yeah. I'm going to just warn you, this, this needs to be, a, this needs to be its own episode oh, because okay. I am the poster child for New Zealand. Yeah, that um, nice, I'm going to huh? be next time. I forgot to move there. But no, it's not even nice. It's just everything. It's, it's the way that the people are. It's the work life balance. It's an attitude. Yeah. It's, I wish I was better with words. I, 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 I can go into details on all the different aspects, but we'll start with the weather. Um, actually, because we shot, there's North Island and South Island. Mm -hmm. So South Island, um, you know, Wellington, Queenstown, that is more, you know, the big, uh, grandiose Lord of the Rings type. Because it's South, that's one with all the skiing in it, and their winters get very, very cold. In uh, Auckland, which is top of the, like in the North Island, it's not too far off from LA, and not in terms of sun, but in terms of degrees. Oh, okay. So like their okay. winter is just constant rain. And we were there. I happened to be there for pretty much only time I wasn't there was their summer because they're opposite of us. So um, the earliest I was ever there was February, which was like perfect time to be there. Oh, cool. Um, and then the, the season one, we were there through August, which is pretty much their fall going into their winter. It's just opposite of us. But there, it, it's not like it was, you know, sunny every day. I loved that weather there because it never really, on the North Island, uh, when I went to Queenstown, it was different, but it never really got colder than 35 degrees. So it was more, it never, it was just raining yeah. during their quote unquote winter, uh, <laughs> raining all day, every day. That's why it's so beautiful and green, but it doesn't matter because you're like, it's still beautiful. And there are double rainbows every five seconds. <laughs> One of the one of the main reasons I asked like what the conditions were like because you hear these stories about um, even way back when they were shooting Friday the Thirteenth they were shooting this slasher in the winter to, but pretending it was the summer and I'm just wondering you know when you're shooting at night oh at, well but you answered my oh, question that's it's, what you were asking that's a whole other story I, I got hypothermia oh yeah it was a whole day oh. it was a whole day we're shooting yeah no it was great it was great. I don't like to complain because when I like it, you, I only think about those things if I really like if something triggers me or like you, yeah. people ask me something to remind me of it. But I don't like look at the end of the day. 
I'm I'm very aware and very grateful and aware of how lucky I am that after I mean not lucky I am I, I mean it has not been easy and I've worked my ass off and I've gotten curb kicked by life in this business yeah. at the same time but that makes me appreciate it even more. Sure. So I don't like to complain and be like, oh my god, when I had a film in the cold rain in the cabin, I got hypothermia and <laughs> I don't like right. to. Because, but, but it, but it's a, but yeah, no, that. Um, there were that is specifically, and I there's uh, the actually, the majority of my things there. I feel like I was just constantly cold, even when we were, because they don't really have studios. We they they or we I mean they do. We just. Right. Where we were, Different. it was just like a big warehouse. So even, even like season one, no, every, every, no, every year had some pretty intense condition. It was either so hot or it was either, uh, insanely cold. Um, anytime we were in the real woods of New Zealand, they had to like take the, the, the condensation smoke press out. Yeah. They had to like wow. CGI it out probably. <laughs> um, but like when I did the cabin scene, uh, season one, you know, they can't make the water warm, I found out, because then it'll fog the cameras. Oh, yeah. And we were in a, are you ready for this to be mind blown? Please. We, a lot of that, especially season two, a lot of those things were actual real woods in New Zealand. But all of nine and ten, episodes nine and ten, but in the cabin, uh, it actually was probably seven, eight, nine, and ten. Yeah, of season one. Yeah. Um, was a man-made forest that is dug, like... I, 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 could, I don't remember if they said 60 feet down. What? So basically imagine like a big dog, like to this earth's core yeah. and then built these trees and built all these, in, or like replanted all these, not built these trees, but those were, they were, you know, planted real trees, mm-hmm. but they were all up in there. But because you're so low and it was their winter, so it was always cold there anyway. And then I'm of course like, yeah. oh, that's when Kelly Maxwell isn't rocking her purple leather jacket because she lost it with a deadite <laughs> in the episode four. So now I'm in a fucking white t-shirt right. and it's 30 degrees and um, indoors in these woods. And like, it was just, you know, like imagine a basement, but now we've been like, <laughs> like a forest size basement. So it gets cold and damp. Holy shit. And so then when we were filming the, uh, me versus the cabin with the rain, which took, oh God, two days straight. I'm starting, now I'm starting to pace and I'm like, I'm like, I'm having PTSD. Um, uh, but it was amazing. I look back and I'm like, yeah, but it, they were right. It looked cool. It was totally worth it. It was like two days straight and a couple of weeks, some little scenes. But anyway, the rain was ice cold and the, and the weather inside was 35. It was like right before freezing point. It was like wow. 35. So everyone, all the crew, everyone is in there like Chicago down. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they of were course. in the big covers. And there I am soaking nice and wet in a white rolling stove t-shirt yeah. and uh, pants. It's like dead denim, which is, and you're just wet all day. And uh, I just remember Rick, our director for that, uh, he did, he does, Rick Jacobs does a couple, a couple of the episodes in the series. He'd be on a megaphone because then, have you, I got to ask you a question, Chris. Please. Here's my question so you can really fully understand this. Have you ever gotten out of a shower or a pool anywhere where you're just soaking wet head to toe and then put a big human sized fan on you, like just immediately uh. to blow high air? No, so like, but that it's an industrial fan. Like that's how you have to blow the leaves. <laughs> and those industrial fans are like the size of a garage. Right? Oh my God. I can say no. And so there's, <laughs> no, so there, so it's, I'm, you're dripping wet. It's 35, it's like whatever. So they're very cold, ice cold water. The big industrial fan that's the size of a garage 
like a bunch of crew guys standing in front of it with a bag of leaves, oh, holding God. leaves in front of it till they blow. I'm getting leaves in my face. I'm getting this, this. And the ice cold. And it, I'm not talking like, oh, it was room temperature. No, ice bucket challenge cold. Water. And this, my shoulders are up against my ears. And then the, the direct direct would be on a megaphone. Because over the fan, it's really loud. You can't. It's like, oh, you can't hear anything. Sure. It's the megaphone, right? So he's like, okay. Stop it. Uh, and then before he yelled, actually, he's like, Dana, you can't look that cold. Put your shoulders down. And I was like, uh, okay. And he's like, Dana, you didn't do it. Uh, you have to put your shoulders down. Because I, I was just shaking. And I go, I'll do it on action. And so he I'll goes, do it on okay, action. action. And I went, and just all of a sudden, I don't, I, I don't know. I, 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 was, I have to say. That's probably my best acting is not looking as cool. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that sounds Holy very God, I difficult. Like, I got it. <laughs> let, let me ask. Uh, let me uh, ask you this then. I mean, yeah, I, I imagine being freezing all the time is very hard. How and then adding um, fake blood to everything? Does that ever get comfortable? Do oh, you that's ever a whole get? Other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Do you ever get used to it? I don't think I, mean, I could. You get, it's not about, you get used to be, no, you do get used to it. And by the way, I just want to say again, to make sure I, I really need to make it clear. This is me just like laughing and talking about it because you're asking questions and no one really asks these. I don't want people to think I'm complaining no, about of any not. of that. Like, right. As I look back on that day when I, you know, when I've watched it or seen clips of women or whatever, I'm like, man, like you, you, it's like a war wound. You know, some of the, can I just say not to be like pretend Oprah here, but it's like the things that's what they mean when they say the things that are the most rewarding are always the most challenging. Sure. Um, the hardest days on set that I know if I like when I start thinking about them and peeling back the layers, the first thing that ever comes to mind is like, Oh my God, that was awesome. And then as like, and Oh, and then I go through all of that. And then it's once you keep peeling the layers of like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You, yeah. It's only after you, uh, my brain starts going there. I just want to make that clear that like I, my, the worst day on set there was, Still. Was, uh, better than any other yeah. day I would have anywhere else. So I just want to yeah. make that very clear. Oh, but no. in terms of the blood, uh, here's what I will say I got used to. I got just used, and I, I much prefer being covered in blood and viscera <laughs> in terms of just how just how it is than I do having to, like, if ever now, like, I have to go to a event or, like, be pretty. I'm like, I'm super, I'm not, not be pretty. I mean, like, be clean and all that. <laughs> um, that makes me the most uncomfortable. That always has, but I really okay. like just being dirty yeah. and messy. That's fun. In terms of the comfortability, again, I don't need to go on sure. this whole thing. I think Bruce has probably covered it, but, I mean, he does not get enough credit. All those guys don't get enough credit because um, I know blood has come a long way, Yeah, but there's all different kinds of blood. Mm -hmm. Like, we had a cart. Chris, because it's different kind of blood yeah. depending on the lighting, depending on the elements, depending on where we're shooting, depending on okay, just the same way that they would dispel it in a different way. Yeah. So there was, I don't even, honest to God, I don't remember all the names. I don't think I learned all the names. <laughs> I just remember there was the blood crank. There was the blood cannon. There was the blood hose. Oh my God. There was the blood. Um, <laughs> I called it the spaceship engine, um, which is the just one that put. 28 gallons alone on me oh my God. in episode one of season two. And I asked, I asked, I've told the story many a time, but I asked, I'm like, that just I'm looking at these vats, these vats of blood. I go, oh, that's a lot of blood for this scene today. Wow. And Anna, who works in our department, she was like, 
Um, oh, yeah, it's not for today. It's just, just today. I was like, oh, it's for tomorrow. She's like, no, I just mean not for the day. It's just for you in this scene right now. I'm like, just for this scene. But, <laughs> but, 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 but wait, I'm just ripping this bar. This barman's arms are just going to come. I don't, I don't, what, what? what? She, I go out of curiosity. <laughs> out of curiosity. I, I, how much, how, how, I'm not real good with volume. How, how, how much do you, do you think that is? And she's like, uh, in her cute little Kiwi accent that I won't do. She was like, um, well, I know exactly how much it is because I just had to spend the last six hours making it. It's 85 liters. And I'm like, okay, Google, how much is that? It was like 25 <laughs> gallons. Oh, my God. 25 gallons. And I was so proud. And I went up to Bruce and Rob Tappert after. I mean, I posted a bunch of pictures on it um, of, about it. But uh, I go, oh, my. Am I in some Hall of Fame now that I've done it? And Rob Tappert goes, <laughs> Bruce's impression of him is the best, obviously. But this is my version. I was like, Rob, did I get in some? Evil Dead, like top five, Hall of Fame. He's like, no. I was like, oh, why? I 20, 28 gallons. Because then they did that extra shot. And then he goes, ah, Bruce had 400 gallons on him. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's coming up. But that, I'm, I'm going to, I did that too. I'm going to do that in the next episode when I'm in the blood tank. He's like, no. Like, it's just, it was not even like, no winning. Bruce had gone through. No winning. And, Right, but I was in the top. I was like in the top three. That's I think good. or top five. Eventually, Bruce is like Bruce. Bruce holds the titles, and I feel like we need to give him a lot more credit for all that. Um, yeah. What you don't get used to is it's not the being covered in blood. That's the problem. What people don't understand, they think it's sticky, and sure, it is sticky. But but what it the biggest problem is it the majority of that blood, but it gets sticky for about. Uh, five minutes yeah. and then it gets real hard oh yeah and it rips your hair it rips your skin because if it's like in the back of your neck it's as you get it on you it's everywhere it's seated like a 40 year old virgin right. every time i would just be like kelly clarkson <laughs> like honestly that's what it is and no no one really talks about that but it's not the sticky stuff it, because what you end up doing is bed it's very genius I think Sam Raimi behind it all. This whole because I'm sure they have ways that they would make it not do that. But here's the genius behind it because when it it starts drying and it it rips off your skin and your hair and you can't get your clothes off without like literally getting in the shower in your clothes. It's it's insane. But here's the genius because it starts to hurt so much. You're like, can you just cover me with more blood? Because then it'll be like wet again. Yeah. It's genius. Like freshening really, up a drink. Yeah. It. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> so that was crazy. And then having a blood like painted on you to pick up, but, um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's a rite of passage getting a blood of course. You've not lived until you've gotten a blood cannon in your face <laughs> and you've had that sting your eyes to the point of, Oh my God, I just pepper sprayed myself. Oh no, this is worse. Cause it just doesn't, it never comes out. Yeah. You will find blood. I still am finding blood <laughs> oh, no. on the items I brought. I swear to God. No, I swear to God. This is like something I was just cleaning stuff out and something, a bag that I use, like a reusable bag that I brought to New Zealand. And I'm like, I, I got something on the outside. So I'm like, I should wash it. I turn it inside out. I'm like, oh my God, what? Oh, wait, what? Am I bleeding? And then I look, I'm like, holy shit, that's from New, oh that's from New Zealand. Even what? Oh, it's on everything all the time. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool in that way, though. Sure, I'm sure that's a it's an interesting way of um, you all bonding together because you you're on a you were on a show that it wasn't just you being covered in blood. The I mean, think that. Exactly. Would... Oh my god! No, anytime we anytime we got fresh fresh meat, we were like, oh Bruce, now we see how you feel. <laughs> right. Like right. anytime there was a, and honestly, I have to give credit to the amazing like 
guest stars and day players because they probably got tortured the most. You know who's the most for, uh, tortured are the uh, the deadites. They put on oh, that, I... to put on, not only do you have to get the head cast, which we all had to do, which was its own experience, um, but the the, the <laughs> prosthetic. Yeah. Like, I don't know why more people, I'm sure like you're in horror, horror, people who know horror probably know this, but I just feel like in general, people should know, I mean, with prosthetic stuff, but like those deadites, take four and a half hours just to put uh, put it on and like paint wow. it on once they've already done all the other work right the head molding and the fittings on, and they glue it on your face with like whatever that special face glue but it's not like it's not like spirit glue because this this kind of stuff you can't just like rip it off two and a half to three hours sometimes longer to get it off at the end of the day then they have blood then they have like limbs torn <laughs> up so when you think mm. about it someone who was playing a dead eye I was the, you know, for the first season especially, I was always there the earliest because I'm the girl. Girls take longer in hair and makeup. You know, <laughs> Ruth and Ray watched it at like five minutes before shooting. I'm like, oh, it must be nice to be a boy. Yeah. But, but you know who was old? The people who were there, like, I was there at like 3 a.m. sometimes, 3.30, wow. sitting in a makeup chair trying not to pass out. These guys, especially like the day plate, they were there at like 2 in the morning. Oh. And then they, it was, you know, whatever, 8 at night. Then they had to be back. Again. Then they were still getting their face taken off. Oh my God, so I yeah. just want to give credit to both the crew, at, sure. who, who is the unsung. They're the unsung heroes because they're the ones. You know, they're the ones there doing setting everything up too. And then, but yeah, but then nice. same thing. I'm sure everyone who who played deadites or demons. You know, I I never got like a possessed or whatever. I I never. I actually did want to. Not be a deadite. Um, I, I was the only one who never really got to have that on my face. Right. But I kind of wanted. Like I want that bad drama. But they were always the same way that I am. Where they're like, you know what? At the end of the day, that you don't remember that. You just remember like, man, that was cool. You sure. know what I mean? And yeah. Being on wires and you know, all those the, the deadites. I just think are the scariest kind of demon uh, because they're maniacal. Any any. I've always said this. That's why Evil Dead scares the shit on me to this day. Right. Um, along with like the shining or the exorcism, because to me, more so than jump scares, what is scariest are when these evil entities truly take a joy in being evil and like that, that maniacal, like giggling laugh. I can't take it. It's like the most yeah, terrifying thing. Yeah. I would I'd probably um, say yeah, this because so, we, were, uh, yeah. we were probably raised um, Catholic. Uh, and I think there's just something that, that just sort <laughs> of, sort of uh, yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. I was raised that way. And I think anything that you can connect to the fear of uh, what what was put into you as a kid uh, into your head. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, that, but, but, and, and, and I'm funny. I, yeah, Italian Catholics, of course. Yeah. So yeah. of course I actually grew up a horror kid and my parents, I was watching like, are you afraid of the dark? And same. I don't know. I'm, you're probably too I watched, young for that. But no, you know, no, no, no. I bet like, I'm I bet I'm okay. older than you. Um, but anyway, yeah, I watched Sorry, Are You Afraid we'll of the Dark. about it later. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, and like Redding, and that's right when like, I don't know, I think it was about like eight or nine, ten, I don't know, or maybe they were out already. But I, the very first book I read like an adult when I was 10 was a goose, was Goosebumps. Yep. The very first, and then I like just kept reading. Okay, so I was a horror kid, and I kept begging my parents to like, wanted to watch a scary movie. And I think they, I, I, they argue that they put on Night of the Living dead first but then maybe leave the room and i don't think that was true because i go no I watch what, the exorcist yep. first absolutely yep. which is why yeah so I, I feel like we bond on that yeah and um you I and i feeling, both yeah, said that. yeah yeah um but, and i was 12 and they like wouldn't let me i don't know but i was the same, same age as linda blair who i eventually got to meet 
um, in, in, at New Jersey uh, HorrorCon, and that oh, was a cool. whole mind-blowing experience. Um, but, any, but anyway, since that day, I mean, of course, it was, but it's a terrifying uh, movie regardless, obviously. Mm-hmm. However, uh, the thing that I think my parents were most disturbed by, I, and because I don't know if it's because I was her age, I don't know, whatever. I just have all, I've always wanted to be an actor since I can talk. I was two years old, I said yeah. I wanted to do that stuff. So my, my takeaway was, oh, I really hope I get to play possessed someday. <laughs> and I, I swear to God, my mother was like, the power of Christ compels you. She's like, get her holy water. And she goes, and you know what I remember? They were so like, don't even say that. My mom's like, yeah. you don't know. Uh, what happened to Lincoln Blair? <laughs> it was awful. They were like, people were throwing things at her. She was outcast. It was like, oh. but that just means she was a really good actor, exactly. mom. And my mom put it in my head, like, you don't ever want to play it. Your life will be over. <laughs> and, and I mean, she wasn't wrong. You know, it was like, and I it just, but it always had like, made me feel, have this candle for Linda Blair. Cause I'm like, blessing and a curse to almost be like punished for being too good at doing something. It's yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. So, but when I, when I got to play the death in evil dead, it is on my, my screen test it is on video that someday, I don't think I have a right to release them, but, uh, and I, I, I but it can be seen someday there's in my screen test with Sam Raimi behind like a camcorder camera. It was a camcorder, like old school. Uh, and he's asking me all these questions. And I never thought I was going to get this part. I was like, there's no way. So I was just so happy to be there. Like, and I'm just like so bright eyed, bushy tailed. Yeah. And he goes to the question about, he's like, so uh, Dana, um, how are you? Are you claustrophobic? Because we're thinking of having <laughs> Kelly be, uh, be possessed in, in season one. And before, and I cut him off. Like I interrupt Sam Raimi. That's real smart. Yeah. <laughs> and I immediately like marathon runner, arms in the air, chariots of fire, like would go yes, like <laughs> and start going in a circle of like oh my god, oh my god, yeah, yes, I'm fine with it. Like, but That's I did it in such. I number one, I did not have the part. Obviously, I was <laughs> right, but just right. the idea that just the idea that if I got the part, this was like a bigger deal to me. <laughs> to play with that. That's I, now I really, really hope I get it. Uh, but you seem so excited, so I have to say getting to do that also one of the toughest days uh when weeks playing playing that but that same thing it's the same thing with a cabin all i remember is like ah man that was awesome right you know that's the best that is a great but you get it you get it yes i totally do (laughs) well that was that was one of my questions i'm glad you brought it up is that you were uh you were a horror fan as a kid i know i always felt a little odd like for uh, i didn't think i was supposed to like that stuff but i loved it uh, like you mentioned are you afraid of the dark uh, why did you think you weren't what yeah why did you think you weren't supposed to well, you not y- have other friends that were into it That's- correct it was that i mean everyone else was watching oh, um Chris. cartoons and whatnot oh, and, bummer. and i'm staying up late watching hbo and tales from the crypts <laughs> you should have come by my way to ohio and hung out with me and my 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 best friends at the time when we were like 10 11 12 so I had to be 12 because I wasn't allowed to watch till then. So 12. Right. My start, I was uh, starting 
starting basketball team. So me and the starters, we would have like the sleepovers yeah. and her mom, like everyone else's parents were like cool and didn't care what we watched. But like I was, we were watching like the shining. We were this shit that like to this day, I can't go back and watch as an adult. Like right. I lost all my street cred coolness, <laughs> but you should have come to our way and hung I out with us have. cool girls, but cool girls meeting, not the cool girls in school, Yeah, but the cool girls who were watching horror and yeah. like, well, that would have been um, the best. I'm sorry you didn't have any friends. Cool. Yeah. That, that, not, you didn't have any friends who like horror. Right. That's a bummer, dude. That's like, oh, man. And I know. Well, I'm, I hope that now you can, like, you should relive it and, like, <laughs> get, you know, Bart Simpson sleeping bags and have a bunch of dudes over and have a sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw that party for you in that Chicago. That's a great idea. Thank you. Do that. Um, of a 10 year old. 12-year-old style party, sleep over, <laughs> and watch scary movies all night. I'm, I'm doing that. I'm taking that from idea. the crib. Yeah. I'm saying, no, you should. It's, it's very, it's a lot of fun. What? Um, but that's, that's great. So you, and we both you know, watch, are you pretty dark? And what other, um, I'm trying to think of any, what other scary things um, were available to us back then? I don't even remember. Well, yeah, they didn't make Other us... than like Blockbuster and right. Right. going in and taking a movie, but. I, I think there was, you know, like you mentioned, I think it came in the form of books. Yeah. Like, um, what just came out this past summer, the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, that series, I was a big fan of that, the, oh, the visuals and that. Very cool. But yeah, I mean, it's clearly still a part of me. I, I love it. I started a horror podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, oh, that's why of all people, you deserve a sleepover. Well, I, I know you don't have too much time, but I really wanted to ask you about, um, the epics show perpetual grace oh thank you um absolutely yeah you you play well i first of all i I'm, i will buy a subscription to epics because of this show and that's not even a joke i mean just but no looking at this cast yeah. that you and ben kingsley and, oh. and jimmy simpson who i'm a big fan of um Terry O'Quinn. I mean, this cast is. I can't fantastic. Mind him about him. Oh, Louis Guzman, Jackie Weaver. Uh, uh, yeah. All, um, um, Chris Connor. Kurtwood Smith. Um, oh, and, uh, Kurtwood Smith. Everybody. Let me tell you what. So that's why I just got it. Well, let me just. Let me make this very, very clear. Kelly Maxwell is te- Evil Dead. Well, that's not that's not a good analogy because I'm not <laughs> Kelly. But point being, I am a very, very small recurring role in this that is only a couple a couple little tickets here and i have a big episode in the middle like i'm like the first 15 minutes of, of the episode five mm-hmm. um but i have to say that which by the way a tree in this with that cast like i was happy to even just be there i'm not trying to say diminish it i'm just saying a lot of my uh, a couple of the fans who did watch they were like well i watched the first episode you're only in like a minute and I was like, yeah, that, 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 yes, because I'm not a lead. Um, but, but, and just wait and see how the story unfolds. You don't know yeah. what's coming. Um, so I just feel like I need to let people know that. And that is why, though, I think it's even more relevant that I, and it holds more weight even. I don't, we don't get paid to promote it at any shows, right? You don't, you don't. Of course. It's just what you do. I, but I don't, I don't, when you're not the lead, like, I just want people to watch it. But my point is, is because especially, if you don't believe me, especially because I, I am not a big part. I'm just a fangirl of this show and of these people. And I cannot say enough. Like, don't watch it for me, is what I tell people. It's like, too late. I'm, th- 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 that's I'm not going to. Right. Well, what? okay, fine. <laughs> you can 
he's reduced to it, but I guarantee you, anyone who watches this, you have to give it two episodes because it's its own rhythm. Yeah. Uh, but anyone who watches it is going to have new, like if you don't know some of those actors or you haven't seen some of their work or you haven't seen them in this way, everyone is playing something that is so mind-blowingly good. That is so opposite of what they play. From yeah. Louis Guzman to Jimmy Simpson. I mean, and to my horror fans, uh, or to just horror fans in general, it is quite literally a Hitchcock-inspired thriller. If you're not hooked in like the first 15 minutes of the second episode, I don't know what to tell you. And then fun fact, anyone who was a, an Asher and Evil Dead fan and enjoyed Kelly Maxwell's prolific use of fuck, um, somehow I once again <laughs> a foul mouth um, where I, I just they, they definitely swear quite a bit and say some things. That's say some say some awesome. say some dirty things. So that was a thrill for me. Although when I was filming, I would it's such a muscle memory now because pretty much every line is Kelly Maxwell had fuck in it. Yeah, and that which I loved. And but there were but this is a very understated like obviously this is not Evil Dead right Evil Dead's very over the top. This is very Ben Kingsley understated right. So <laughs> Stephen, the director, there were a couple times. There's a line I have to say, you fat fuck. And so, and so you'll say, I don't want to ruin anything, but uh, <laughs> I would say, I'm like, fat fuck. Like, fat fuck. Like, I, I kept saying it that way. And Stephen, Stephen would come and be like, okay, this is great. Can you just not, not so, not so hard and intense? And I realized what I was doing. I was basically muscle memory, memorying. Yeah, I just made that one up. No, I like it. Um, Use it. Specifically, the puppet fight. I was like, you felt. Fuck. Yeah. And so every time I'd be, you're supposed to be a normal dialogue. And I'm like, look at you, you fat. And every time I'm like, fat, fuck. It was like, come out like Kelly Maxwell. <laughs> like, so I aggressive. Can't not. And he was like, that's sick. You just, yeah, exactly. And so I had, so I had to like do it like, it was just really funny. He was, he, and, and Steven knew, knew exactly. He'd seen that. Wow. Uh, I'd showed him that before. So he knew what I was talking about. But it was really funny because I like I couldn't shake Kelly Maxwell when the swearing came out. Well, um, but I think uh, I think you'll, Chris. I honestly think you'll really love the show. I think and I so have too. no reason to say that. But I just love the show. Well, thank you so much, Dana. I know you got to get going. Um, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I, I could do a whole uh, series just talking to you, which which I would, I would love. I definitely would like I, well, to. Probably because probably because Chris, uh, the whole series would be asking Dana ten <laughs> questions. The ten part series. I think I'm it's sorry because, I rambled so much. I no, always do. No, I think it's because you're a good storyteller. I'm really not though. You know what's Don't. a good storyteller? <laughs> Sam fucking Raimi. Sam Raimi's a great storyteller. His stories have a beginning, middle, and end. And any he could be talking about going to to go to the grocery store to see the butcher for that day. <laughs> and you're just everyone, every time he talks, I swear to God, we were all like he was like reading the story of the night before Christmas or something. Like we were all there with our hands and our <laughs> so chins, compelling. like well, and it, you know, he really, he, I'm dead serious. He's such a rank and tour. Me, on the other hand, like, Dana, how's your day? And 30 minutes later, <laughs> with seven, I went to this, like, baseball game. And I, you're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I'm, I, I'm so I apologize. No, don't uh, apologize. But, uh, you're very charming. kind and generous. And also, I just, <laughs> well, thank you. I try. I'm <laughs> glad someone thinks so, Chris. See, this is what we need to know. We now, we eventually, it's now the past due. We have to meet. We yes. have all of these crazy connections. Sean was flamboyant. Mike Bradigan is so crazy. Yeah. Like Brad Morris, I get, but like, of course, because he knows that he's like three degrees of 
Kevin Bacon. Right. So, you know, but, but he's, that's so crazy. And you're my Pizan and you're in Chicago. I mean, where it's going to happen. Yeah. Next trip I'm coming to Chicago or next time you're in LA, this has to happen. I, it, I would, I would love that. Pharrell. I would love that. Me too. But thank you so much. And, uh, um, I really, anytime you want to, uh, talk some more and ask, or I can ask you questions. Uh, yeah. Anytime you, uh, have three hours on hand <laughs> for an interview, I'm happy to, to. All right, my friend, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Really appreciate I'll, it. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. So much fun. New best friend. I, uh, I can't wait to actually meet Dana in person. And uh, maybe like I've been talking about one of these days, adding video, a video element to this podcast. Well, it'll happen. It'll happen sooner or later. Uh, so once again, thank you so much. I really, truly appreciate you listening uh, tell your friends, tell your parents, maybe your parents like horror, they like stories, they like, uh, you know, just behind the scenes stuff, whatever it is, just tell them about it. Share and spread the love in a safe way. And thank you. I'm going to, I'm not going to talk your ears off all day long. Uh, maybe you're stuck in traffic though. And you do want me to keep talking. If you do want me to keep talking, I'll tell you that Satin Horror is a Sea Monsters production, which is a little thing that I started a few years ago uh, to mainly create videos, horror and comedy videos. You can find that on YouTube at youtube.com slash sea monsters. That's S-E-E as a visual thing. It's kind of a pun. I like it. Uh, check that out. We've got some fun videos on there and plenty new videos on the way. Play that song. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Death has come to your little town. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? They mostly come at night. Mostly. I'm your number one fan. I am Dracula. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Sometimes. That is better. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hello. 